Praise be Jesus Christ. It's a blessing to have you with me today, and it's a blessing to have Dan McCoy with me today. Uh, in my travels around the world and in, in all the interactions I have with people, every once in a while I stumble across a person where I think, man, I got to share this person with the world, or with at least everybody in my world. <laughs> and uh, I had such a conversation with Dan McCoy, one of the more inspiring guys I've ever met. He is a, a, a Paralympic gold medalist. He won in sled, sled hockey in the, uh, the Sochi Games. And all athletics is really about not just conquering another team, right? The thing that inspires us as we watch the Olympics is seeing people conquer themselves, seeing people come up against and push past their own barriers, whether it's with their own body or with their mind, whatever it is. And I'll tell you, if you don't watch Paralympics, you should, because that, it takes that battle to the next level. These aren't just incredible world-class athletes. These are people who have conquered themselves in a way that most athletes never get the opportunity to. So I'm so excited to share uh, Dan McCoy and his story with you. Thanks for being with us. Dude, thank you for coming out and being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Looking Seriously, to it. hanging out with you and your dad in my office, what mm -hmm. was that, two months ago? Yeah. I'm like, man, you have to come back. Mm -hmm. You have to, look, everything you're saying to me, I'm like <laughs> writing down, like, you have to share this with, with everybody. That we, I were, we were only hoping to show up and say thank you, really, uh, for, you know, everything you've been doing, you know, with Real Life Catholic and all that, and um, not even half hour into the, you know, meet and greet type of thing. Like, hey, come on the show. <laughs> yeah, you got to come back. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for having me. And thanks for coming to share. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you want to interrupt our conversation, you could text your questions to 720-650-0100. Dan, mm -hmm. you were born with spina bifida. Yep. Tell us what that is. So um, I guess, you know, through all of my talks that I've given over the years after, you know, all my experiences, I always tell people I was born with my back a little messed up. So um, when I was born, I, I was born with a hole in my back. Um, the spinal cord wasn't really formed correctly, um, and I use air quotes for a reason. Um, but um, mm. the spinal cord, the nerves, everything in my lower lumbar spine, I wasn't formed completely. Um, so my spine and um, the spinal cord were kind of outside of my body uh, in wow. kind of like a myelin sheath bubble kind of a thing. Um, so up until that point and kind of around 1994 when I was born, uh, a lot of doctors who were, um, you know, birthing kids with spina bifida, um, they would just cut the spinal cord off and sew up the the hole in the spinal cord. The doctor that I had, um, Doctor so Rigel, paralyzed. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the doctor that I had, Doctor Rigel, um, he actually pushed the spinal cord back in and sewed it up with like I don't know, pig myelin sheath or something like that. Um, but that was kind of one of those new techniques that they um, had at the time, and. You know, and a hundred years ago, there would be, I mean... I either wouldn't have even been born or put in, you know, a home or something wow. right out right out the womb. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, praise to God that, you know... Seriously. That, that kind of technique was invented around the time, um, you know, that I was born. Um, now, I still, you know, have some, quote, paralysis. Um, I can still walk around, but I waddle like a penguin when I walk. Um, yeah. So I have to have, like, a wide kind of space between so, you know, I don't hit people with my arms or anything when I walk. Um, and I can't feel my feet or um, my calf muscles and part of my shins. Uh, but everything else, you know, totally intact. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I, and I'd say, like, dude, you, you're a buff guy. 
Thanks. All right, so does the, does the, does the walk with your arm, you get extra tricep reps yeah. in that way? <laughs> so growing up, I, um, I only walked with um, AFOs, uh, which are ankle foot orthotics, or KAFOs, which are knee ankle foot orthotics, so they're just leg braces, um, and crutches. So a lot of times people think, um, you know, building up the strength in my triceps and on my shoulders and things uh, was from the crutches, which that was a lot of it. But, That's cool. Um, started working out when I was 14, so that also kind of contributed to it okay. later on in life. Yeah. Uh, people kind of tiptoe around disabilities in mm -hmm. a way where it's like, how do I talk about this with mm -hmm. you? Uh, do, I, do I say you have a disability? Mm -hmm. Do I say you or have a different ability? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how, when, when, when you talk about uh, winning gold in the, in the Paralympics, yep. uh, people might wonder, should I just say Olympics? Mm -hmm. How do you respond to all this? I mean, how, how do you like to be talked to mm -hmm. uh, in relation to your, to your disability? So I am actually totally fine with the word disability. Um, it was just something I grew up with hearing. Yeah. Um, my family always told people and told me that I had a disability. And it wasn't even that they told me that and told me that in a negative way. They said, okay, you have a disability. These are the facts, right? This is, you know, what the disability is, but here's what you can do with it. So my parents, you know, from a young age, tried to show me what I could do with a the disability. They didn't tell me the negatives that could come along with it, which everyone huh. has negatives, right? Um, Everybody's got negatives. Exactly, right. yeah. Um, and honestly, a lot of the, quote, negatives that people would see in my disability, I see them as positives. Fact that I can't feel my feet. I can't feel what it's like to stub my toe or something. So that's wonderful. I love that. <laughs> um, but it's, it's that focus on the positive. I mean, people yeah. think positivity is a word that's pop psychology. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, it's incredibly spiritually mm -hmm. powerful, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to focus on the positives because you know there's so much negativity in the world. Uh, if you don't focus on you know things in you know the right way and have the right perspective, you can go down a pretty dark hole. So. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. My my so, family. You know. You know, all credit to them and all glory to God that, you know, I have the thought process that I have to see my disability as a positive rather than a negative. So Tell me more about what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, when they, when they helped you, when they raised you, focused on what you can do. Mm -hmm. What did it look like? So, what are things that you can do? Were they talking about the, the everyday stuff and, mm -hmm. and just how you have to do these things differently than, than most people? Or mm -hmm. were they talking about things that, um, mountains you can climb in your heart that I'll, I'll never have the opportunity to climb. What, what, what did that look like? So I guess the most simple way I can describe it is they treated me like I didn't have a disability. You know, they, they knew that, you know, there were certain things I couldn't do, but they didn't tell me I couldn't do certain things. So for example, if I was really tired after, um, you know, a day at school or a hockey game or something and I came home and passed out on the couch, if I was asleep at like 1130 or, you know, for example, whatever time it was, but uh, if I was asleep and I wanted to sleep on the couch until school the next morning, my mom would wake me up, being the you know Italian woman she is. She'd wake me up and say, nope, no way. You're, you're sleeping upstairs in your own bed. And <laughs> my parents' house was not uh, accessible, you know, the ADA accessible um, kind of a thing. wasn't accessible, and I thank God every day that I grew up in a house that wasn't accessible. So my mom made, made me walk up the 12 or 13 steps, you know, no matter, how, how, yeah, no matter how tired I felt. Um, you know, she made me walk up the steps and sleep in my own bed. So just something as simple wow. as that, wow. where even today I take it for granted sometimes that I can even walk up steps, and people with my same disability and level um, might not have the ability to do that. Um, wow. I see it as a blessing. Wow. So. Uh, sled hockey. Mm-hmm. Yep. How did you find out about it? How did you fall in love with it? And by the way, if you've never seen it, please Google it, because it's brutal. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, hockey is kind of brutal yeah. by itself. Mm -hmm. Add a, uh, you know, add a big piece of, like, I don't know, 
what is this, like metal and plastic yeah. and people smashing into each other? Yep. <laughs> people who already have uh, disabilities where they might be prone to get hurt in mm -hmm. certain areas. And it's like, mm -hmm. dude, this is like, this is next level tough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How did, um, you, how did you find out about it? Did you instantly fall in love with like, I want to do that? So I found out about it when I was like four or five years old um, through, uh, my parents actually found out about it. Um, I didn't really know what it was when I was four or five years old, but yeah. my parents found out about it through a neighbor who was um, involved with the Shriners. Um, the Shriners Hospital in Erie actually had a sled hockey program uh, at the time in uh, 1998, 1999. Uh, and they were coming down to Pittsburgh from Erie, Pennsylvania um, to, you know, give like an expo kind of, you know, you know, branch the sport out. Yeah. Uh, and my parents were invited by this um, Shriners in our neighborhood um, to, you know, bring me in and give it a shot. And the first time I tried it out, I can remember for at least like a few months, didn't like it at all. Really? It was really cold and I wasn't, didn't like the cold. I didn't like be, being, you know, in the cold, not moving. Cause you know, when you first start out and you're really young, a lot of times you have to um, have a pusher to, okay. to push you around, not only to like keep you moving into play, but just to, in a way, teach your own body what it can do. Um, okay. So a lot of times when you're that young, you don't know what your body can do, right? So um, the pusher would push me around, but- Can you describe sled hockey yeah. too? Yeah, so sled hockey is basically just a form of adaptive ice hockey for people with disabilities, um, usually physical disabilities, but we do have some cognitive disabilities in our program in Pittsburgh. But it's basically, you have two miniature hockey sticks with metal picks at the bottom of them. And instead of having the skate blades at the bottom of your feet, you have them at the bottom of this uh, plastic bucket um, and mine are about an inch apart, but a lot of times you start off with the blades like six inches apart maybe. And as you get more um, comfortable turning and everything, and um, if you can build up your, your abs and your core muscles, you move the blades in to you know, help with agility and everything. Sounds like an insane core workout. Yeah, oh, it's wild, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. And that's the number one thing we always tell people when they first try it out, like be ready for your abs to hurt tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's full contact, and you use both of those miniature ice hockey sticks with the metal picks at the to bottom. To poke your enemy's eyes out? Some, if they're Canadian, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, use those to dig into the ice. And, um, <laughs> you just caught that. You said they're Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh Canada, we love you. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Love you guys. It's great. <laughs> you have a great national anthem. It's cool. <laughs> it's um, but yeah, use those metal picks to dig into the ice. And when you come up to the puck, you have to use those sticks, right, to hit the puck. Yeah. So use those sticks not only to push yourself, but you slide your hands down toward the picks, and you have to use those uh, both sticks to shoot the puck too. And it sounds it awfully uncomfortable. It, it, and when you're first starting it out, absolutely. And when yeah. you're hitting other people, like you know, it, it's a little scary when you have just regular s skates on. Like mm -hmm. but you have this, like it's a samurai sword. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I've, skate. I've cuts all up and down my sides really? from, from getting poked. Yeah. Okay, so what was the turning point from, uh, Mom? Do I have to go to sled hockey practice? To, mm -hmm. dude, I'm gonna go into the Olympics. Yeah. So. For the first few years, um, you know, I stopped crying, I think, pretty quickly after, you know, I got used to the cold, but yeah. wasn't super in love with it, so to speak. Okay. Um, but at eight years old, uh, I was watching the Paralympics uh, on TV in Canada. I was at a tournament in Windsor, Ontario, and um, the 2002 Paralympic team had just won the gold medal mm. um, for the U.S., and they were actually placed sixth coming into the tournament. They were seeded sixth out of five teams. So they wow. were only in the tournament because they were the host country, uh, and they ended up winning the gold medal. Wow. So again, for them, talk about divine intervention. You know, they yeah. started a whole cascade of, you know, gold medal winning teams um, from wow. that point. But I turned to my parents at that point and said, "This is what I want to do." In an eight-year-old voice, whatever that sounded like. Um, but uh, 
you know, a wow. lot of times when kids come up with dreams that young, right, the parents are like, okay, cool, and then the next day they have another goal. You know. Man, that's incredible. Yeah, glory to God, my I parents mean, really, you know, to, kept that To faith. say when you're eight, yeah. I want to be, I want to be a, 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 a Paralympic athlete. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what the and Paralympics then you do was. It. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I always say, you know, it wasn't really my strength. It was, you know, the strength that God gave me. But mm. the strength that God gave my parents, too, to persevere through all the surgeries and everything from a young age um, to keep me going toward this goal. How many surgeries have you had? Um, anywhere between 10 and 20. I kind of lost count personally. Who's, but count? <laughs> Who's counting? Exactly, yeah. And, and, uh, and, the, and what kept you going between surgeries is I want to get back in the ice and, and Every and time, fight. yeah, every time. That was the number one thing um, growing up. It was, you know, until I got the gold medal was, okay, what do I need to do next to get this gold medal? So. My gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, that's what I was saying in the intro. <laughs> this is not just about, about beating another team. Yeah. God bless the Canadians. That, that is the team <laughs> exactly, that you yeah. beat in the Paralympics. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, this is about conquering yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, every surgery, to, to have those setbacks and say, I'm getting back in the ice. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. Okay, what, what's training look like when you're training for the Olymp Olympics, when you're training for the Paralympics? So it's just as rigorous, if not more rigorous and, uh, and intense um, as an able body would train. Uh, we actually got to train at Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center for about oh, yeah. a month, month and a half. Um, so got to train, you know, at altitude kind of. Oh, and yeah. um, I played in, you know, here in Denver as well as um, in Salt Lake City, Utah. So I'm no stranger to altitude, but I live in Pittsburgh. So yeah. don't get you know, the experience as much. But, you know, coming up to the Olympics, it was on the ice at least once a day, sometimes twice a day, in the gym twice a day, uh, and watching, not actually at the time, I wasn't really watching when I was eating, because, you know, I got the gold medal when I was 20 years old, so yeah. I was a teenager when I was training. Um, so I could just eat whatever I wanted, really. Yeah, oh, yeah. Burn it off right away. That's the coolest so, part about working out hard. It was just, wonderful. You yeah. don't have eating limits. It was great, yeah. It was awesome. Uh, so it's a full-time job, too. And um, at the time, we got stipends for training and everything, but we didn't have a, you know, full paycheck or anything. So well, What was your favorite part of being on the ice? What is your favorite? You're still competing, so yeah. what's your favorite part of being on the ice? Um, any hockey player will know, and maybe any athlete will know, but it's those moments... Not so much that I get anymore, but when you get on the ice after a freshly cut sheet of ice and there's the fog coming off the ice and you can barely see like five, ten feet in front of you, mm -hmm. but you're sweating in your gear before you get on the ice and you get on the ice and you just feel like a cold air come on, mm -hmm. like on your face and, you know, just uh, you feel it on your body and you just feel your arms push and you get that full range of motion. It's tough to describe, but that's mm -hmm. kind of my favorite part of just feeling my body working to the fullest ability. Do people coddle you off ice, and does that bug you? Do they treat you like, well, well you, when are you I, okay? People or? that I don't know, yes. Yeah. Um, people that I know, unfortunately, they don't coddle me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like I could use a little more coddling? <laughs> right. No, I'm kidding. But um, growing up, like I said, my parents treated me like I had a, you know, no disability whatsoever, that I was able-bodied. So I really don't like being coddled. Was it surprising to you when you first encountered that from someone outside your family? Um, it kind of took me off guard for a yeah. second, but it was really, it was one of those moments where I think it was someone opening a door for me when okay. I didn't have anything in my lap and, um, you know, no um, you know, offense to them, but they didn't realize I could open the door myself. Yeah. Um, it was just one of those things where you could tell in their eyes they were seeing me as, you know, broken or less than able to open a door or something mm. like that, um, which some people with disabilities aren't physically able to do that. So I can definitely see where they, they would get that from, but um, that's kind of the coddling that I've experienced, that kind of thing. Or if I'm going up a hill, like I went to the University of Pittsburgh for college, and I was pushing up one of the hills, one of the million hills we have in Pittsburgh, um, and someone literally got out of their car, put their car in park, parallel, park, parallel parked it, and pushed me up the hill without even asking me. 
to push me up the hill. So like a random person just showed up behind me and started pushing me up You're this like, hill. I got this. And I wanted to turn around and say, hey, I'm training. Because I was literally training. Like I was yeah. trying to push myself up this hill to train yeah. for, um, for hockey. Um, but, you know, I was... You know, quiet about it, and I just let them push me up the hill, and I said thank you, and they went on their way. But well, just those kind of things where yeah, it's, a, um, it's a humble response. Exactly, yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where um, I credit my parents and God, honestly, to give me that kind of patience yeah. to allow people because I know um, a lot of people with disabilities get very offended and very angry when people do that. But if they don't know you, they don't know you have the ability. Yeah, they just kind of yeah. yeah, they see what they're you know what the media shows where right. You know, people with disabilities are, you know, fragile and things yeah. like that. Yeah, so. ask questions, right? I mean, exactly. if, if, yeah. if it's okay to say, do you need a hand? Mm -hmm. and, and say no. And just like, yeah, and plenty of people ask. They do. Yeah. And, and yeah. I just say thank you. But. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I love about how you describe being on the ice mm -hmm. is like, there is no coddling going on. No, not at all. <laughs> and the, the grit in some of your fellow teammates. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. sh sh share some of the grit you've seen on the ice from and the disabilities they struggle with mm -hmm. and what that means for them when they're. You know, when they're against world-class athletes and they're right in the ground with all this equipment and, and going full speed at each other. Yeah, so um, a couple of my own personal experiences is, you know, like I was saying before we went on air, I have um, cuts and um, scars all up and down my sides. Yeah. So not all my scars on my body are from surgeries. <laughs> um, they're from metal picks cutting my body. Um, but uh, along with that, I've also gotten hit in the chin. My helmet has, you know, pushed up against my face when I've gotten hit. I've gotten hit in the chin with a sled, you know, the nose piece of a wow. sled right in the chin with no protection there. Um, we were playing Norway. When and you happened. love it. Oh, it was awesome. I was laughing when it happened. I was like, wow. <laughs> All right, I'm playing at the national level. If Here you we think go. the regular yeah. Olympics are tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of the, the Olympics, in the Paralympics in 2014, one of our players, he was a double amputee, um, he went to go hit someone. He didn't even get a hit. He went to hit someone. His nose piece hit the front of their sled or the side of their sled. He did a full flip and landed on his blades and kept skating. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't even notice it during the game. I watched it after the game. I was like, I looked at him. I was like, did that actually happen? He's like, I think so. Because <laughs> oh, I think man. he blacked out or something. But, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And those kind of things don't happen all the time. More so, it's like the quick little jabs or, you know, regular yeah. hits and things. But that definitely happens. <laughs> you would share with me off air about a friend of yours who had, uh, was a brittle bone disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what was his experience on the ice? He was, to this day, I think he's one of the most skilled uh, puck handlers to ever play the game. What's his name? Taylor Lipsett. Taylor Lipsett. Yeah, he's... Um, Shout out. I think he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's one of my um, mentors. I, I don't think I've ever told him that, but he's one of those guys growing up, I always watched him on the ice because the way he uh, stick-handled the puck, it was like, you know, Nathan McKinnon or yeah. Sidney Crosby or something stick-handling the puck. It was unreal. Um, and, you know, he played up into his 30s, and uh, there was this one game we were playing in Canada where uh, we were playing... It was either... Can I think it was Canada. Um, we were playing them in a gold medal game, and... I saw him take kind of a light hit, what I would describe as a light hit, but he took it where um, one of the penalties in sled hockey is called teeing. Mm -hmm. So if you're skating with a puck like this and a player comes in and hits you kind of at a right angle and it forms a tee with your sled and their sled, then that'd be a penalty. He got one of those hits, and to me it didn't seem like that hard of a hit yeah. when he has brittle bone disease. So he just casually skates back to the bench after his shift. He didn't even leave his shift early. After his shift, looks up at the coach and the doctor and said, hey, I broke my leg, I gotta go to the hospital. As calmly as that. My gosh. And my dude. shift was up next. And I looked at the coach. Like, coach didn't see me. But I was looking at him like, are we, what, what, what are we doing about this? Yeah. So, and he just left. And literally an hour later after we were off the ice after the game, he shows up to the team dinner with a cast on his leg. Wow. Yeah. It was just <laughs> so wild. Real. Yeah. That's incredible, man. Yep.
<laughs> dude, I, just, I have so much uh, respect and admiration Absolutely. for you guys, dude. Yeah. Uh, what was your What was your biggest setback moment or surgery or the thing where you thought, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to make it back to, to training? There were a lot of those, actually, growing up. Um, okay. Probably more so for my parents, uh, especially when I was younger, um, okay. before I really got into it. But the biggest thing for me was um, when I was, uh, it was 2013. So yeah. it was about a year before the um, Paralympics. Uh, I tore my esophagus, actually. Mm. Um, so I lost about six pints of blood in under two minutes. Um, that's a lot of blood, Dan. So it's, yeah, that's yeah, a good amount. Um, <laughs> that's terrifying. And, yeah. Oh, it was one of those things where I probably should have been scared, but I had no idea what was going on. Um, I asked, um, or I didn't even ask, I was sleeping, um, and the day before, kind of probably what the doctors were saying probably led up to it, was the day before I was playing an outdoor game, or two outdoor games, in Pittsburgh, downtown Pittsburgh, in January, in like 60 degree weather. Yeah. Um, the ice was like kind of melting. So it was pretty hot outside, I was wearing all these pads, and at that time I was playing every game, the whole game. Because mm. our team was still pretty small, we were trying to you know, develop our players, I was one of the top players, if not the top player on the team. So my coach just kept sending me out. I would yeah. get like small water breaks here and there. And I remember between the first and second period, I finished two bottles of water. And I probably should have thought, oh, this is weird. because something's, something's off. Exactly. Yeah. But just kept playing. That night I took some Advil because I had a headache. Again, probably should have you know, yeah. taken it as a thing. But yeah. I had a game the next morning, so I was just focused on that. Yeah. Um, five o'clock in the morning, January 13th. I get out of bed, feel a little nauseous. I try to hold it back, but... Blood. Let her rip. Yeah, everything goes. Um, wow. My mom at the time was downstairs uh, on the couch watching TV and praying her Bible, like reading the Bible and praying. And it, she, she was a very prayerful family. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't be here without it. Absolutely. Um, and again, divine intervention. Everything in my life is about divine intervention um, and just God's mm. mercy and grace mm. through it all. Um, my mom was praying or praying and reading the scripture about the woman who touched Jesus' robe and was healed of internal bleeding. Wow. Meanwhile, I'm internally bleeding. Wow. So there's no way that's coincidence. Wow. Yeah. Um, and she comes upstairs. She hears me get out of bed, um, crawling on the ground. So she hears the thuds and everything. She, you know, just thinks, okay, I'll go check on him, see what's going on. She hears me kind of retch a little bit. And she says, Dan, what's going on? No response. Uh, she hears me retch again. And then she hears me throw up. And she says, hey, Dan, what's going on? And she turns the corner, sees kind of like a horror scene. Blood everywhere. Wow. I, I apologize for anyone, you know. Oh weak stomachs gosh. or anything, but just kind of life. Um, oh. She sees blood everywhere. I'm wearing a white shirt, white like undershirt. If she had not been just reading that scripture, she probably would have lost her mind. Exactly. And not only that, but Ooh. that night I was supposed to stay on campus in college. Yeah. In my own dorm room with no roommate. And you would have been dead. You would have died. The doctors told my parents if he had not stayed at home, he would have been dead. But the Lord, really, it's amazing. Like, there's so many instances. Now, it, it is going to come to all of us where that whatever happens. And exactly, that's yeah. Sayonara. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Take out. me home, Lord. Yeah. Right? But those times where, where he, he steps in and saves us, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just amazing how many of those times there are throughout life. Like yeah. You're not going to go a minute before he, he's calling mm -hmm. you home. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, so you, you obviously lived. Yeah. <laughs> and was your, I'm sure your mom was praying over you the entire time. Oh, yeah. When I, the next day, in the, you know, so I was in the hospital for maybe three or four days. Um, and the whole time, my mom had a rosary with her, and she would always be um, joking around me half awake. She'd be asking me, okay, who's going to heal you? And I would, like, just, you know, mutter Jesus. And then she's like, yeah, that's right, Jesus. And she would hit me in the forehead with the, with the uh, crucifix. She would just, like, wow. tap the crucifix on my forehead and tap the crucifix on my chest. Wow. And I had an endoscopy the next day. Yeah. They went in, saw the hole, and usually with a, um, you know, esophagus tear, there's bleeding still. So they saw the hole, no bleeding. 
Wow. Nothing. The day after it happened. So Praise the Lord. Exactly. Absolutely. And your big concern, uh, your mom's big concern is, I hope my kid lives. Your big concern is, let me get back on the ice. Yeah, so I missed and, the game and, the next day. And, and gray-faced, you're like, uh, I yeah. want to get back on the ice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've never eaten so much steak and uh, salads in my life <laughs> oh my for the iron. Um, but the craziest wow. part of all of that, again, divine intervention, a week later was my birthday on January 24th. Um, we were playing the Russians for the first time. Wow. And uh, this was with the national team. And I told the coaches and my parents and the doctors, I need to be on the ice for this game for my birthday. I do not want to be in a hospital bed for my birthday. I need to be there. Doctors looked at me and they said, you can do it, but are you crazy? Yeah. Like, you have half yes, your I blood. Am. And I was like, yep, absolutely. But there was just something have that you was- seen sled hockey? Exactly, The yeah. answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, there was just something in me that was saying, you can do this, like go on the ice, do this. Wow. So I end up, my one big play on my birthday was, um, again, hockey player, it sounds a little violent, but I put a shoulder into a Russian player twice the size of me. Knocked him on his back, got a turnover, and we, you know, we went into the nice. offensive zone. And I went back to the bench, threw my sticks on the ground, told the coach, "All right, I'm good. I'm fine for the game." I did, I did something cool. Exactly. And, I'm out. and then for the gold medal game, uh, I ended up scoring two goals in that gold medal game. A week after I had High lost, five. yeah, America, America, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's incredible. And one of those was a breakaway that I was serving a too many men penalty. Yeah. And I was all angry at the coach for putting me in the box when I didn't even do anything, and it wasn't even my fault. And meanwhile. God's plan was for me to sneak behind the defenseman, get a pass from one of our defensemen, you know, two-line pass, yeah. go in on the breakaway, go right to left under my sled and put the puck in. How has your, that's awesome, by the <laughs> way, epic, and you, like you're visualizing this as you're talking about Yeah. How has your faith formed you in all these, all these trials? It's been everything. The biggest trials I've had, I wouldn't have been able to get through them without praying, without my faith. And, uh, wow. you know, I didn't start praying the rosary fully until maybe I was 20 years old. Um, you know, for a while I've prayed the rosary with my family and, you know, done a decade here and there, mm. but um, I, I have executive function issues just with my disability. Yeah. So um, repetition and some like order of steps kind of eludes me sometimes. Um, so the, the whole steps uh, of the rosary, uh, sometimes it's difficult for me to do on my own. Uh, but, you know, when I was um, going through all of this, uh, I prayed a decade of the rosary one night, um, a day before the... Um, Paralympics. Yeah. I texted my uh, mom or I sent her an email and said, Mom, I don't want to be here. Mm. Um, meanwhile, this is what I had worked for my entire life. Wow. Uh, I texted her, said, something's going on. I don't want to be here. I want to be anywhere but here. And she said, pray the rosary. And I texted her, sent her an email back and said, I don't have a rosary. She's like, yes, you do. I look at my bag. There's like 10 rosaries in my bag that she just placed <laughs> in there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so it was one of those things where I prayed a decade of the rosary and I was asleep within a minute. Praise God. Uh, exactly. Yeah. The, the Lord, really. Like every it's, time, it's like a drip line to grace. Yeah. You know, like I, mm -hmm. I need some help. I'm, I'm, the, the spirit's getting down. Mm -hmm. The body's getting down. Lord, give me strength. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I gotta say, man, as you're sharing some of this stuff, and you're like, yeah, I just have these these cognitive struggles, and mm -hmm. so I yeah, so I work around it. Yeah. Um, as you're saying that, I'm sitting here looking at you, thinking, I am such a sissy. <laughs> like really, like sometimes I have a setback physically, because mm -hmm. uh, you know. Well, everybody breaks eventually. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm like I'm, some are born broken too. Right, right, right. But I'm, I'm I, and as you, as you get older, like mm -hmm. I'm 47 now. There's certain things that start to break. Where yeah. when in your 20s, you're like, well, that'll get better next week. When you're in your late 40s, you're like, well, that'll be there till I'm dead. And, <laughs> and it could get me down. You know, mm -hmm. like like I have this this muscle I'm pulled out in my hip where mm -hmm. I can't I can't uh, squat like I used to. Mm -hmm. Like I can't squat like in my piriformis. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, dude, like. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it I don't just, need the squat. It's just don't, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I don't have to do that. Yeah. I can and do honestly, other things. There's a there's a um, saying in fitness, never skip leg day. Mm. I have an excuse to skip leg day. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a benefit. Exactly, yeah. You never have to do leg day. Yeah, and leg day is a lot of times people say it's the worst day in training. It's just painful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you love about yourself because of these trials? And I, I'm the, the Olympic trial mm -hmm. and your and your physical trials. Mm -hmm. it's, it's formed something great in you that's easy for me to see on the outside. Um, on the inside, mm -hmm. what, what do you appreciate about, about Dan McCoy? So something wild I never externalized or internalized, but my aunt brought it up actually maybe a year and a half ago when I was um, sitting at my nana's house. Uh, and we were just talking about, you know, the events of, you know, the last few years and everything. And, you know, I went through kind of a dark phase and I'm kind of getting out of it now, but fitness and my faith have been two of the big things to get me out of it. But I was talking to her about the world and how it is at this point, and she was saying, you know, through everything you're talking about, and I was complaining a little bit about the, the, what the way things are, she was like, you're ne you've never complained about your disability. Wow. And I stopped right there, I was like, huh. I just like wasn't raised to complain about it. I was wow. never put in a position or, or an environment to see it as a negative or to have to complain about it. Wow. Or if I even did, which I can't remember if I ever have, which I probably have, I don't know, some point when I was little, but I'm sure my parents or my family or friends snapped me out of it and said, this is the blessing of it. Wow. Um, and again, God's grace and mercy. What, what you do know. you say when someone says they're going to pray that you get healed? I just say thank you and God bless you. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of times... Do you, you know, want to be healed? Not of the physical. You don't want to be healed of spina bifida? If it's God's will, absolutely. But if it's not God's will, something you're wanting I've never to. prayed, please heal me of the spina bifida because I have a gold medal and I've gotten to travel all over the world with it. And I've gotten to even go fishing, deep sea fishing in Alaska with spina bifida, with you know one of the worst, yeah. worst forms of spina bifida ever. So in my mind, why would I want to be healed of it? Now there's a lot of like, you know, cognitive things just, and mental stuff that I want to be healed of, but spina bifida. Yeah. rest in that for a second. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. There's, it's, it's, that, it's that shift of mind mm -hmm. to say, here's the blessings that come through my trials mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have were it not for that trial. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's Jesus shows us on the cross, right? Exactly, like, yeah. You don't get Easter Sunday without that. Exactly, yep. And the Good Friday was no fun, but mm -hmm. we call it Good Friday. Yeah. Uh, and you live that, man, in a really direct way. Mm -hmm. what, what did it feel like? Some people are wondering what this box is. Yep. Can you show off your gold medal, please? Absolutely, yeah. Because <laughs> I've never... Uh, Held a, a a Paralympic gold medal and there you uh, go. Oh, dude, that is serious weight. That's yeah. some heft right there. Yep. My gosh, how cool is that? It's about a pound and a half in total. <laughs> oh wow, is that real gold? So it's gold plated. Yes. So that that real, counts for me. Real gold plated, and then I think the body so of it 2014. is silver. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. What did it feel like? To get this after dreaming about it from the time you're eight and have this put around your neck. In one word, or two words, I guess, or three words, I went numb, really. So, really? Um, Sochi was uh, the second Paralympics where they had any sort of television coverage, so they had highlights going on. And that is, thank and, you, by the way. That's yeah, so no, cool. absolutely. Uh, and they had um, a camera coming around in front of us as we were getting medals. I don't remember seeing the camera. I didn't even look at the camera. I was just looking oh. at the medal, and I don't even know if I saw the medal itself. I just blacked out, and I was thinking <laughs> of all of the experiences that had brought me to that moment, and it almost didn't feel real that it was coming true. <laughs> and I remember thinking multiple times, thank you, God, and I remember praying, 
And fun fact, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Miracle on Ice. Yeah. Um, with the 1980 team. One of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time. Um, we got to watch that movie three hours before the gold medal game in Russia. Wow. Yeah. That's it was so cool. wild. It was, it was great. Um, but there's a scene in it right before they win the gold medal where I think Al Michaels, one of the announcers, says, he screams, do you believe in miracles? So at that point, um, that's one of my favorite lines in the movie uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but 10 seconds left in this gold medal game. We were winning one nothing, and we had to hold off the Russians for about a period and a half, one nothing. Wow. And 10 seconds left, I just started screaming, literally screaming the Hail Mary. I was screaming, wow. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Didn't care who heard me, and I don't even think anyone heard me because we were in a stadium full of 7,000 Russian fans with 100, yeah. maybe 100 fans from America. Who could speak English. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So no one was understanding me. All my teammates and coaches and everything, they were focused on us about to win a gold medal. Um, so I didn't care who heard me. I was just screaming the Hail Mary. And I didn't even think to start doing it. It just happened. Man. Um, so 10 seconds left, I just started screaming the Hail Mary. And as soon as the buzzer, I'm getting chills right now as, it, as I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about it. Too. But, um, I threw my you know, gloves and sticks uh, against the, the boards and everything against the, uh, the uh, bench where we were sitting and uh, just start going crazy. <laughs> and uh, my uh, roommate at the time was saying, okay, you ready for your victory lap? With the gold medal around my neck. I'm like, wait, we get to do that? So I have one stick in my hand because I threw the other one against the thing. I picked up one stick and I'm just like pushing with one stick and I get to my parents and family and I'm like, hey! <laughs> I'm like a little kid. It was amazing. Oh was man, praise God. Yeah. People in the sound in the sound booth in the back crying. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> You're not going to be able to see their, their, their uh -huh. screens properly. <laughs> Uh, you've turned this trial into a blessing for others. And I love the scripture uh, that God comforts us in our afflictions so we can comfort others with the same comfort mm -hmm. we received from him. Yep. Uh, you're a trainer now. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, you could find him on, what's your Instagram? Dan McCoy Fitness. At Dan McCoy, M-C-C-O-Y. Yes. Fitness. Yep. Uh, so he offers training to everybody. We've had per personal trainers on here who, who mm -hmm. train the able-bodied. Mm -hmm. You can train the able-bodied mm -hmm. with, with fitness, with with nutrition and yeah. with, with exercise, yep. but you also can speak in a way no one else can mm -hmm. to people who have, have disabilities, who have spina bifida. Mm -hmm. So if you have someone in your life who wants to next level their toughness and be as buff as Dan, <laughs> uh, reach out to him, but yep. they could also email you. Yes. And you're generous to offer your email for, mm -hmm. for any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, dan at danmccoyfitness.com. Yep. Dan at danmccoyfitness.com. I had to give him a shout out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you're training people, mm -hmm. Uh, do, you, do you encounter a lot of people who have spina bifida, who have a disability, who start getting really down? What do they need to hear? Every once in a while I will. So a lot of folks that I've trained with spina bifida, I know them pretty well. Um, so a lot of times we just kind of joke around about spina bifida. You know, when you have a disability, you kind of have a different sense of humor, uh, yeah. we'll say. So um, every once in a while you'll, you know, you start making jokes about having a disability. Like I said earlier, I walk like a penguin, that kind of yeah. thing, and I have terrible balance, that kind of thing, and I can't feel my feet. Um, but every once in a while, I'll hear someone start talking negatively about their disability. And me being a person of faith, I don't want to like shove it in their face because you know that turns people off a lot of yeah. times. But I'll say, you know, there's a reason you have it. So why not shift your perspective? Easier said than done, absolutely. But why not let's try to shift your perspective and see that, hey, I might not be able to squat, but I can, you know, bench press or something. Mm -hmm. And I or I can, you know, use my arms to do a bicep curl or a shoulder press or something like that. So Let's focus on the things we have rather than the things we don't have because everyone, whether you have a disability or not, has something that they wish they had more of or that they don't have that they mm. wish they had. Mm. So that's a shift of perspective exactly. before anything else. Yeah. And I, I love the, uh, 
the, the the image that if you want to build up a bicep, you put resistance on it. Exactly. Yep. If if you want to build a soul, mm -hmm. if God wants to build your soul, mm -hmm. He's going to put resistance in a particular area. Mm -hmm. And there's something so stellar about you and so inspiring about you, and it's not despite your disability; it's mm -hmm. precisely because of it. Exactly. Yep. And and I love that you can reflect on that and own it. Mm -hmm. Because I can see it gives you joy. Yeah, absolutely. So just thanks for sharing that joy with oh, us, yeah, man. Absolutely. And that hope and that uh, mm -hmm. that incredible positive attitude. Man, no matter pleasure. what you're facing today, <laughs> wrap it up into the plan of God. Pause, as as St. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, give thanks in all circumstances. It, it turns the trial on its head, mm -hmm. right? It becomes something you, you climb and you, you, get, you get a view from the top that nobody else gets. Absolutely. I don't yep. know what the top looks like from, mm -hmm. from, from what you've, you've, you've summited, bro. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. We're proud of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> God love you, brother. <laughs> thank you guys for being with us. Love you. See you next time. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.